Well, you know, Ooh. that, of course, speaks to the gravitas of the situation. Yes. <laughs> and how long it <laughs> All right, welcome back to Center Ed Teaching. Um, we have an interesting topic this week today, but before we get into it, just want to remind you to subscribe, like, and review the podcast um, so that Apple will say that we are important and we have meaning in life. Um also, if you want some of the show notes from the past couple of weeks related to the Quality Review Framework for Great Schools, as always, you can check out our website at cpet.tc.columbia.edu. All right, so for today, we're going to talk about PPOs, the Principal Performance Observation Podcast. All right, mm-hmm. nice liberation there. Yeah. Um, and so because I have my hangups about administrators, I definitely cannot do this podcast alone. Um, so today I'm joined by three far superior, um, intellectually avaricious people. I don't know. I, I, I was going somewhere with that and I lost it. Um, I liked it. That. Yeah, I liked that. it. That's good for me. I don't um, know. And so I'm here with Courtney. Hey, nice to see y'all. Faith. Hello. And Brian. Hey, y'all. Um, so today we want to frame our conversation talking about what the PPO is, um, kind of why does it matter, and then think about it in relation to the last two podcasts that we've had about the quality review and framework for um, great schools, and then we want to delve a little bit deeper into this idea of accountability that we've been touching on with different podcasts over the past couple of months and try to come to some kind of conclusion about not only what this means in the classroom, but what this means going forward. Um, so to get it started, Courtney, I guess, what is a PPO, both generally and kind of more specifically? Woo, good question, right? Uh, so in as few words as possible, um, the PPO is the New York City Review of Principles that takes place annually for principals in schools, and it has to happen at least two times for a principal. So there have to be at least two visits to yield a PPR or a principal's performance review. Um, Sometimes it happens three times. Um, I've heard occasionally for certain schools that are under a lot of scrutiny it can happen four times, but generally two or three is how many visits a principal can expect from a reviewer to evaluate his or her performance. Um, Now, these take place over a day, and the reviewer usually gives you a heads up, but it only has to be 48 hours in advance. Mm -hmm. Generally, they give more, but I have been in a school where there's a phone call that says, in 48 hours, uh, we are going to come and visit. Uh, In fact, I think it possibly can be shorter than that, but I think think 48 is the number. Courtney, Um, um, I know that um, we've had a couple of phone calls before for people wanting some support, and um, it was like... Um, it might have been a 48-hour period ahead of time, but it was yeah. really interesting because it was, like, right before spring break. Right. And then it was, like, the day they came back that they were yeah. going to have it. So it seems like it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't and necessarily you know, have time to prep for absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, it takes place on the district level, generally, and those districts get pretty busy. And if you have 50 mm-hmm. principals in your district and you have to do three visits, do the multiplication and write up those reports, it's a really good point, Faith. It's really hard to fit in. So... It takes place from um, the district level, and it has to be from your superintendent's office, I believe, for at least one of those visits. But frequently, folks who are working in the superintendent's office more generally are also pulled in. So Mm. I've been in schools where, you know, people are are coming in who are really not known to the school, and you kind of have to look them up and see Mm. what what they're about. 
Yeah, so it takes place um, two to three times a year. It's a day-long visit. Um, actually, the review is using the quality review indicators. So when the evaluator comes in, they're actually taking notes um, in their meeting with the principal and in reviewing the school, walking around to classes, looking at bulletin boards, looking at some documentation. Um, they're using the quality review indicators and they actually are looking at all 10, um, but they're focusing in on five of the highly weighted indicators. So hold on, Courtney, before you get into that, yeah, right. I think it's helpful to also back up. So you've given us this very clear sense that this is an observation protocol for principals mm -hmm. to, uh, to evaluate right. what they're doing. Um, what are the kind of four, like, tools that specifically um, the evaluators will focus on? Right. At least my understanding is that there's an interview with the principal. That's right. The classroom visits and debriefs that you've talked about, uh, a reflection on That's the evaluation, right. and then a debrief to kind of try to capture the quality of the school leader. That's right. And so... We've talked about on the previous podcast the um, weight that student performance gets. So do you know what yeah. percentage mm -hmm. of that plays a role in this? So it's, it's a really good question. So um, similar to teachers, actually, 60% of the evaluation is based on the visit mm. and the observations of the reviewer. And then the other 40% are based on measures of student learning, yeah. right? Mosul. Mm. I think an important Mosul. distinction to put out there is um, there's actually in the, the, the NYC DOE alphabet soup, um, that oh, is, yeah. there's, there is a, a subtle but important difference between the PPR and the PPO. Mm -hmm. The PPR is the principal's performance review, and mm -hmm. it really is the overall evaluation of a mm -hmm. principal's work. That's right. Part of the PPR is the PPO, which mm -hmm. is the, uh, the principal performance Performance observation. observation, I believe, is mm -hmm. it's different P's, but the O is important That's there right. too. So the observation is that sixty percent that Courtney That's is right. describing there, mm -hmm. um, and that sixty percent of the review, mm -hmm. the PPR, mm -hmm. and then the other forty percent, as Courtney is getting into right now, is those those tests. Yeah, yeah and I won't get so into the math because that's not my <laughs> area of expertise. But basically, as we know, sitting at the table, it's twenty percent local measures and then twenty percent state measures. The percentage of the um, measure of leadership practice, or MLOP, which then gets translate into, translated into the PPR, or the big review that Brian was referencing, um, depends a little bit on the different school levels. So if you're in high school, and I'm not going to get my numbers right, so I'm not going to try them, but um, you know, a certain percentage of that 20% of your measures of student learning, a certain percentage of that is then translated into your final rating mm -hmm. in the end that you get, um, which is based, by the way, on the HEDI, on the Heidi scale. Mm -hmm. um, so you are eventually going to be getting, out of 60 points, a score that's then going to, again, be translated into well-developed, proficient, developing, or underdeveloped. Uh, so it basically does translate into something that sounds similar to the teachers out of 60 points. Well, yeah. I think that's a really good touchstone when you say it sounds similar to what teachers go through with their evaluation. Right. So, I mean, we've talked about this with teachers, but I guess why does this matter? Like, why does the PPO and the PPR for principals matter? I mean, what is the overall purpose here? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, just like with the evaluations of teachers, it serves two purposes. Number one is accountability, and number two is growth and feedback. So starting with the first one, um, in under the previous uh, mayor, um, Bloomberg, and his school's chancellor, Klein, Joel Klein, um, 
much of the uh, autonomy when it comes to decision making was devolved to principles. It was sort of decentralizing things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as they say, with uh, great uh, power comes great responsibility. And so... um, school system needs to hold the principals accountable for the work that they're doing. They need to hold the principals accountable for the uh, growth of their students. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, principals don't really have too many opportunities to get constructive, useful feedback on mm-hmm. their practice. Um, they're, they're basically like CEOs of their building. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not necessarily no, their building of their school because many schools mm-hmm. share buildings. Yeah. Um, but the idea there is um, principals uh, need opportunities to get uh, um, get some outside information, get some outside o- observation, and refine their practice. So just right. as we want um, teachers to grow and develop professionally, we want the same for principals. So it's that that double-edged sword. That's a bad metaphor, but it's the two sides of the oh, coin being um, yeah. uh, both uh, holding principals accountable for the work that they're doing and then also giving them the feedback that they that's need right. in order to improve their practice. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll come back to whether or not that, that metaphor works. Right. But, right. I, right. <laughs> but I think idealistically what you're saying is that this is just another tool to kind of engender improvement, right? right. It's not just about the accountability, but we want our schools to perform at the optimum level. So to do that, we need to constantly be refining what we're doing, improving practice. Mm -hmm. And we have that tool for teachers. It's also important Mm -hmm. for principals. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So Courtney, you were kind of getting to this and I slowed you down a little bit. No, it's always good. How does um, the PPO and the PPR connect to the quality review? Um, So it's, no, it's it's a really good point. And anybody else, you know, jump in because I'm just, this is from experience, mm -hmm. right? Working with principals over the years and trying to support them with this process. Um, So basically, uh, again, my understanding, so there are 10 indicators on the quality review. And when someone walks in, an evaluator from the district office or the superintendent's office, Mm -hmm. they are supposedly looking at all of them Mm -hmm. and kind of taking notes on all of them. Then we have some nice tools for that, too. But basically, the weighted indicators are there are five of them. And one of them, so it's 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 2.2, and 4.1 numbers, right? Uh, 1.1 is curriculum. So really taking as close a look as you can in one day, right, Mm -hmm. at some of the curriculum and seeing how it's implemented in classrooms. Uh, 1.2 is pedagogy. So, you know, hands-on, checking out the classrooms, how are the teachers doing? Um, And then 1.3 is really important Mm -hmm. for the principals, as Brian was attesting. That's the strategic organizational decisions, and we do want them to be accountable for those. So there is an accountability piece to that. And then 2.2 is important school-wide. It's aligned assessments. How are we assessing the students? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe how are we using some of that data? And then 4.1, again, ding, ding, you know, red light for uh, principals or bright light, observation of teachers and how they're using the advanced system. Um, And I just want to say that where this differs and gets really fine-tuned for principals, for the PPO as opposed to the QR, is that um, the evaluator can actually go back into the system and look at teacher evaluations Mm -hmm. in the past and correlate Mm -hmm. that with what they're seeing in the classroom. And I've seen that mm-hmm. done with, with a lot of scrutiny, and I don't think fine-tooth comb is the analogy, with a microscope to figure out, ooh, this is your lead teacher with the highest scores you've given. Does that equate? Yeah. And, well, we can kind of 
you know, see where that where that can. That's lead. kind of that accountability yeah. Yeah. word, right? Yeah, where and you're that really can looking to that's see. That's right. Yeah. That can go deep. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think I think a, yeah. a way to sort of think about these five indicators too is three of them belong to what mm-hmm. we call the instructional core, core. right? So yeah. curriculum, pedagogy, assessment, right? Mm-hmm. The the holy trinity. That's of right. Education, it is mm-hmm. right. Um, and then one of them, uh, one of these indicators is to do with the, the way that principals are taking the theory of action that mm-hmm. they've uh, articulated through the quality review, um, and to what extent are the three elements of the instructional core aligned with the school's mm-hmm. theory of action, and it's a theory of action about how students learn best. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, all of these things are meant to come back to the, right. to the big goal, which is student learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and the principal is, has this awesome responsibility of not only um, uh, being the point person for articulating this theory of action, but then executing it um, through this, uh, uh, the tool that they have Absolutely. the most, um, uh, with their, that they're held to most closely mm-hmm. using the Danielson evaluation system for teachers. Absolutely. Well, and I think going off that, this is where we start to see how the last two podcasts layer in, right? right. Because mm. the PPO, PPR kind of goes hand in hand, works in tandem with the quality review, right? Because it's measured on the same metrics and those are all part of the framework for great schools, right? And so the tertiary circle, if we go back to that circle from two podcasts ago, involves effective school leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think even more than that, something that the DOE doesn't explicitly say on the website, but our conversation really came down to trust permeating Mm -hmm. everything. And part of your job as a principal is managing people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there is the curriculum that you want to have in place. There is the pedagogy. But you also need to be able to get people to buy in to execute mm-hmm. those things. And in kind of maybe a roundabout or indirect way, I think the the PPO and then consequently the PPR are mm-hmm. trying to get at how the principal is effective in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's different takes on that or pushback. Um, well, you know, it's funny. You said part of what the principal's job is is managing people, and I would guess I would um, push back against that and say it's all managing people. That yes, um, articulating a um, an aligned curriculum is very important, but that's work that is done by people. So mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the the work of management, the work of leadership, is for me uh, entirely based in the work of the the rest of the staff. So, uh, yes, the principal is ultimately going to hand, you know, binders full of curriculum <laughs> right, um, right, to, right. To, to the cap to admit there um, uh, to uh, uh, the reviewers, to the observers. Um, but that those curricula were generated by people and those people were our teachers <laughs> and yeah. that curriculum is meant to serve people, the students. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so much of this, uh, so much of this, we get caught up in the, the, the numbers and the, the tools of mm-hmm. the trade, the tools, of the trade are there to serve the people who are involved in the, the mm-hmm. enterprise of a school. So, I mean, that's kind of my kumbaya take on yeah. this. But. I mean, I would love to be holding hands at this table and, and having a kumbaya <laughs> take because that's, you know, that really is at my core. Yeah. Um, but We're I dimming think, the lights and lighting candles, right? That's oh, right. yeah. Right Don't even need to dim the lights. Hold <laughs> hands. But um, I, think that, I think that one of the complications, a couple of things I'm thinking about, Brian, and it's a really good question, Matt, is that we do have trust, right? That's yeah. sort of the outer core of this framework, um, which I think is a wonderful outer core to have. And Brian saying or alluding to the fact that that's kind of the principal's job, right? Mm-hmm. 
is to help build that trust. Um, I agree, and I think that what's interesting to me, almost in contrast, is that the way that the reviewer coming in for the PPO is trying to ascertain that trust and relationships is basically just through walking into classrooms, mm -hmm. speaking to the principal, and then seeing what the teachers are doing, which in some ways is an interesting um, parallel to what happens when there's a QR for, for, for teachers, because to find out about teachers, you are talking to them during, during a QR, but you're also in the classroom looking at what's happening with students, mm -hmm. and then looking at how the students are doing on paper. Well, so but also in the QR, selective classrooms, right, which mm -hmm. then are mm -hmm. taken well, to be representative for the entire school, because yes, they don't right. visit every single they can't, classroom, right? right. Except right. in small schools, but exactly. yes. Um, but I, I think it's kind of interesting to try to kind of tease out where the Great Frameworks kind of correlates and, and crosses over with this idea of trust, and if the PPO is really able to, in that short time, put a finger on it. I mean, there's the learning survey, so there are some other tools that can be looked at outside of the PPO, but, um, but I, I think it's interesting, and I think that I agree with you in the kumbaya scheme of things, it is about people. It's about developing trust, developing people, supporting your teachers, and then your students. However, it's interesting, again, if you look at the indicators that are mm -hmm. focused on uh, 1.3, which mm -hmm. we didn't really mention, is about how that principal is using resources. Yeah. So that, that it's capital resources, right? So it's, it's, it's personnel as one mm -hmm. of your resources, but it's also funding. Right. And to come back to all the vested um, responsibility that's in principles, some of it is financial. Yeah. Back to that CEO metaphor. You brought that up in the beginning, yeah, yeah. and it's true. So part of the job is to run a tight ship. Yeah. Well, I think also, that it, speaking of resources, um, material resources are very important. Exactly. But also part of Indicator 1.3 is the management of human resources. Absolutely. It even gets into questions of how do you hire teachers, mm -hmm. how do you conduct mm -hmm. them, um, and program then how them. do you program them, okay. how do you allocate the time that they have, the limited time That's that right, they so have. That's right, so time. So uh, Indicator 1.3, um, uh, having to do with uh, uh, strategic organizational decisions that the principal have to make That's right. you, about the management of resources, uh, material... Yeah. And human. And human. Well, yeah, and I would, and I would, I mean, not that it hasn't been said enough already, probably, but maybe it hasn't. And that is even the material resources, the way that I'm thinking about it and, and imagining it's all to the end for what end? Mm -hmm. Teachers? Sure. For what end? Students. Correct. So, mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. people and yeah. so whether you're going to call it a human resource or material resource, like. Yeah. And so, just really one more, I'll just cut you up one more time. <laughs> But I, it's, it's important. I think it's I think it's 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 appropriate that I'm cutting you off because I'm about to make a political analogy, which is um, no no. What we do were the talking, boom now or yeah, after? Brian Dutrek, 2018. We were talking, we were, we were talking about um, this notion of trust, um, and I can't believe I hadn't. Uh, maybe I may have to bring this up before, but um, I'm reminded here of Ronald Reagan and his approach to the Soviets, right? Which is the old Reagan quote is trust but verify. Mm -hmm. Right, and I think there's an important uh, thing that we can, or an important idea for us to consider there, which is like, yes, let's trust our principals that they're professionals and they're doing good work. Let's trust our teachers and they're professionals yeah. and they're doing good work. But we also need to verify yeah. that that's happening. And the difference, 
between trust and blind faith, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, yeah. is an important distinction. Well, I, I, I think it's, <laughs> it, it's uh, very apropos that you bring up Reagan and the Soviet Union <laughs> in this political moment. No, I, I am going Let's somewhere go, with this. I believe you. Where you have this, um, you know, Trump trying to take up in some many ways the mantle of Reagan mm. Um, mm. and trying to do that. So there is trust, but verify, but... What is that trust, I guess, founded on? And what is the tool for verification, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Like, what is the Trump administration using for verification? What is the DOE using for verification of this? Mm -hmm. Um, I had somewhere else to go with that, but go ahead. And how are they using it? I think that's a big thing that keeps coming up. Um, It came up in the podcast last week. And then again, Courtney, I was getting it from some of what you were just saying. And that is, how is it being implemented? How is it being, like, how is even just... I would imagine each reviewer may be very different, oh, yeah. right? Oh, for and sure. And so how sure. how is that tool yes. being um, implemented in the schools and in the reviews that they do? And that seems to be extremely important, even around trust and verification. Yes. If it's verification, because, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you're doing it. Yeah. I, I got to verify that. That's quite different right. than, yeah, I'd like to see what you're doing here. Right. And it, show me your school. And it depends highly on the reviewers. I can just say from experience, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, and something that I think we were touching around and hopefully going to get to in the next section is this verification process also is something that can happen at the school level. Yes. Mm-hmm. What yes. is it that the school is doing to prepare for this and how are they presenting mm-hmm. themselves? Right. Because, you know, you can often present yourself to be different than you truly are mm-hmm. in, in, right. in good ways mm-hmm. and right. in bad ways. Yeah. Um, so I know Roberta's not here, but Faith, she left a tool with you that she kind of works through uh, when she's working with principals who are getting ready to go through this process Mm -hmm. to help them uh, make sure they have their documentation order, work with their teachers. Can you just kind of briefly summarize some of the things that are there? Sure. I can go over um, kind of a larger piece and then then zoom down just a little bit. So this is a guide for when you're going to go in and work on preparation with, um, with a principal. And as Roberta mentioned last week about the idea that you may start this in September, right? You don't know when it's going to come. That's right. So the idea is like, what are you doing all along? Mm-hmm. Imagine being able to use this tool. Um, so the, the big pieces are preparation, practice, and then a whole list of tips. Mm-hmm. And so in the preparation, there's a preparation for the principal individually. There's also a preparation for the coach who will act as like a reviewer to come in and give that kind of feedback. Here's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some school-wide preparation as well. Um, going around to the classroom, checking out bulletin boards, that kind of those kind of detailed things. And then practice, you're gonna practice like asking those probing questions asking the principal to articulate the things that they might already have going on, but they're not, they need to be able to Mm -hmm. articulate it speaking. And then also in writing, I know Brian, you mentioned the binders and putting together those materials. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there's also practice for the teachers answering the questions that they might be Mm -hmm. asked as well. That's right. right. That's right. Um, talking through your responses. Um, uh, she mentions double indicators here that mm-hmm. some of the indicators are worth double points on the quality um, review. Yeah, so focusing on those. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I just want to read a couple of the tips because I really, really like them and they speak mm. a lot to me about the difference. And this was also talked about last week about is this a performance? Mm-hmm. Are we putting on a show when they come in? Are we going to try to say um, these are things we're supposed to be, so let's make sure we say That's we're right. that rather than, um, and I believe that this speaks to showing, just showing what you know or showing how you're doing, um, how you're teaching in your school. So a couple things were um, be honest. 
It's a lot of scrutiny, and it could be very easy to cover or dodge, but mm -hmm. don't do that. Be honest mm -hmm. and say, this is what we're working on. This is where we were. This is where we are now, and and looking present and then looking to the future. Um, is there more is a great question to ask as well, so that you're really getting feedback. So is there more? Is there more you want to ask me? Is there more, mm -hmm. right? Especially because I know some of the reviewers can be very... Um, like, here's the question and that's it. Mm. But try to get a little, yeah. are you looking for other information? Mm -hmm. Is there more mm -hmm. you want to hear from mm -hmm. me? So things like that are mm -hmm. in the tool. And um, I love it. I, I mm -hmm. geeked out, like, reading it, going, yeah. this is a great yeah. way to mm -hmm. go in. And the way the way I've described it to principals with whom I've worked is that, and teachers with whom I've worked around this, is um, it's not a performance, but you do want to tell the story. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So... Share the what you know about your school, mm -hmm. your successes, and your challenges. That's right. Absolutely. The full Tell the story, story of what's going on in mm -hmm. the school because that's the that's that's the purpose of mm -hmm. these things. That's the verification. That's right. But yeah. so if I can push back on that, mm -hmm. there is a caveat, right? It's to tell the story in a prescribed genre. Mm -hmm. Your sure. story might that's be right. a novel, yes. that's yes. Right. but you have to condense it to that's a right. short story right. to fit with this. And I think this is where a lot of teachers and yes. maybe to an extent administrators get hung up because it's not just that you get to tell your story, it's that the person's there for one day and you right. have to fit the story within their narrative sure. as opposed to the natural narrative of the school. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, and I think that, again, kumbaya, it would be really nice if it were telling your story, and it is, but it's articulating your story within this framework, right? right? Sure. And so it's like, what am I doing in my school that fits with these indicators and this idea or vision of what makes a strong principal or makes a strong school, and then strategically pulling out the pieces, the documentation, and kind of um, the talking points that will help support what you're doing that fits that. And then, as Brian said, I think it's really important, Faith said it also, to be honest to say, we know we're working towards this, or yeah. we understand this is a goal. Even going back to your previous QR and previous PPO, which is what I like to do with schools, and say, we are working on the next steps. Here's how we're doing it. Yep. Here's what it looks like. So it is telling a story, but maybe it's a story within, <laughs> as Matt said, within a framework. Um, I also just want to kind of go back to what Faith said. It is really important to be honest because the evaluator is going to be checking on that, and I think Brian attested to that also. It's, it's about, is the principal saying the same thing? Do, does this evidence corroborate, mm -hmm. right? Are these stories aligned? So it is really, really important that there's an aligned story and that maybe you're doing some PD around, what is our story? What are we doing so we can all articulate our story together? Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's actually a benefit to that in terms of, oh, yeah. um, like, the notion where uh, every stakeholder in the school is telling their exactly. take on the story, telling a version story, but this is an opportunity for to get those stakeholders in That's conversation. Right. That's right. I That's mean, right. opportunities ought to exist all the time, but Absolutely. given the run of a school and yes. how busy things get, you know, it That's can be right. hard to That's stay right. in touch with each other. That's right. So if the teachers, the principal, the parents, the students are all having a chance to put in their uh, th their perspective, their take on the story, yes. then the idea of, of, sort of knitting all those together That's or right. reconciling those different visions about what's going on in the school it's really is a important. very useful exercise, I think, for the people it's in key. the school. Yeah. Well, because I enjoy mm -hmm. being the contrarian, mm -hmm. I just want to push it. back yeah. a little bit against. I mean, one thing that... Faith talked about in that tool that I think is one, if I was at a school, I would 
to an extent like it to be done, but two, from a philosophical level, kind of is problematic for me, and that's this idea of practicing responses mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for the evaluators, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not the idea that everyone's necessarily telling their version. They're telling a distilled version very mm-hmm. much like if you're a witness mm-hmm. and you're going into a courtroom, mm-hmm. right? You're practicing your responses because, yes, you're telling your story, but want to make sure that it's in this particular way that that saves you or that um, makes the point, even though if you're not trying to make it, I don't know if that's a complete apt analogy, but I think I th- I, I mean I think so because I think that I mean I think it could be um, because you're trying to s- speak in a language that's the language of that place, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm a witness, then I have to so I want to tell a long story and I want to give all the details and I want to I write an email to. Um, our board because of a neighbor complaint or something. I want to write all about what happened, but I know they don't have that much time, so I really have to distill it, and so I'm still telling my story, but I'm telling it in a way that they can hear it. So it's still honestly my story, but they have to be able to hear it. Right, and then uh, one very straightforward example, um, and this might sound a little like I'm uh, puffing myself up a little bit here, but um, (laughs) I I worked at a school one time where the teachers indicated through the quality review they thought that the school's professional development wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dinged them on the quality review. Now, in the same conversations, they said, but those meetings we have with Brian, they're okay. But they didn't see the meetings with Brian as professional mm. development. And that's an opportunity right there where, so there's a disconnect among the teachers um, about what is professional development. And what the principals want them to see is, mm-hmm. no, Brian is part of our efforts toward professional development. So there's a idea that the, sto- the, the teachers are telling a story about professional development, but they have a different perspective than the principals mm-hmm. have. And if they can reconcile that vision, even in the, the preparatory mm-hmm. conversations, and the teachers say, oh, yeah, you're right, that is professional development that you're offering us in those conversations with Brian, then they can perhaps mm-hmm. start to figure out what it is, the, 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 the mm-hmm. bigger picture of the work that they're doing there. And so it's not about getting their story mm-hmm. straight or preparing testimony, to use your, your mm-hmm. court analogy, but it's just about making sure that the different parties um, are um, having a chance to reconcile mm-hmm. those perspectives. Can, yeah, can I jump in really language. quickly? Yeah, yeah, I think no. it's about naming. Yeah. Like, if you want to use language that's not so... Um, litigious or a courtroom, you know, yeah, or prescribed. Yeah. I really, I agree with you, Brian. I think it's about we're naming this. We're calling this PD. What does PD look like? Let's mm-hmm. make sure that our language is the same and that we're speaking the same language and that words mean the same thing to all but, of us. I think that's a good point. So I'll push back mm-hmm. one more time. Go for and it. And yes. once again, I'm just taking this role yeah. um, and we can espouse our true views later. But <laughs> one thing that, like, I think about in that from my personal experience, why there's disconnect, because oftentimes days that are considered professional development days are school logistics days. Sure. Sure. And so now you're talking about, oh, yes, those days with Brian are PD. But the principal, right, is trying to get that articulated as the PD instead of the other days. And school logistics have to happen, and there's Mm -hmm. not really Mm -hmm. time in the day. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to fault the principal, but what I'm saying is that there is a shading 
of that answer so that we focus on particular narratives as opposed to other, not saying one or the other well, is not true. Just in the case, and, and I, I appreciate that early uh, in the podcast, sort of tongue-in-cheek, you yeah. sort of uh, mm-hmm. admitted your sort of bias against yeah. uh, admin. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say that in that particular case, it wasn't a question of saying, like, no, those days that you didn't like weren't PD and those mm-hmm. days that you did like were PD, but to say, like, no, they were all PD, and yes, there were some things that weren't, you know, mm-hmm. your, your favorite days of the week, and there were some that were slightly better. Um, so let's just make sure that we're t- when we're talking about PD, we're talking about all of it, not merely, not dwelling on the... Can I jump in? Oh, go ahead. What I might, what that made me think about was this idea of of practicing something mm-hmm. and maybe that I, I would be thinking about it differently and that is just what rises up. So if we're if we have a practice conversation about this and it turns out that what comes up is teachers are like, those aren't PD days. What are you talking about? We like look at our calendars and then do these just whatever, um, then that can bring up, wait, how are you using your PD days and mm-hmm. how much time, is there a better way to use that time? Is there a more efficient way to do to do that sort of stuff so that you can get more... PD in. Well, so it could bring that up if you're practicing yeah. advance. And I, I'd like to jump into what Faith and Brian are saying and to go back to Matt's question. Um, again, these the PPO and the QR, maybe even more the QR, should be opportunities for a process that uncovers some of these dialogues or right. some of these misunderstandings. So ideally, Matt, and again ideally, um, the PPO as well as the QR should become an opportunity for a community to come together and say, what do we mean by these terms? Mm-hmm. So that it's not one person deciding and saying, you didn't think that was PD, but I'm telling you now, I'm the leader, mm-hmm. that's PD. Let's get straight on it. When people come in to interview you, that's PD, you know, and use those words. It's more about how do we come to consensus as a community? And that does build trust, hopefully, mm-hmm. in the end. That's the ideal. Yeah. Also, it's a very interesting thing that when it's I think of your story, Brian, it, it, I wonder, it, it would make me ask, um, oh, so what's PD to you? You know, because yeah. um, I'm often surprised when people will talk about com- like mm-hmm. coming to our workshop or something like that, and they'll say, "Oh my gosh, I've never had a PD like this before," and mm-hmm. you know, and I'll think, "What's happening in your PD? Like, and mm-hmm. what is it that you associate with mm-hmm. PD that's negative to you?" Mm-hmm. And some of it could just be, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a part of PD, and that's what yeah. you have to do, and that's fine." But something else could really be revealed to say, right. "Oh, oh, I see. And, yeah, let's, let's." And these are some of the conversations, right? That hopefully some of these evaluation processes ideally can bring to light and have people kind of come to terms with. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we all agree on is that these conversations are important and accountability is important. Mm -hmm. But I also think we should maybe situate this podcast because this ends a month where we've talked about the quality review, the framework for great schools. Over the past couple of months, we've talked about ESSA and standardized testing and other accountability measures. Um, you know, in the coming weeks, we're going to put this a little bit to the side and talk about what you can do to help kids learn in the summer. And that doesn't actually have like accountability associated with it to the extent that this does. But we believe that learning can happen if we do these particular things. And so I guess my broad question, and I'll let you guys take it any which way that you want, is why does accountability look the way that it does? And how does the way accountability look um, provided opportunities for growth and improvement, but at the same time, how has it been possibly damaging to schools, 
principals or teachers because I think getting back to the original metaphor, we can't say everything is rosy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. maybe kind of brainstorming here, what is working really well and what is posing some problems? Big question, Matt. (laughs) It is a big good question, though. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly don't know um, how to tackle that um, in a in a very concise way. So I'm going to waste time here that you can cut out later. Um, But (laughs) I, 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 I think the 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 idea that. Schools occupy a um, an essential, an important, uh, an elevated place in the structure of our society. Um, that um, we parents entrust their children to schools, to teachers, mm. to principals, yeah. um, and parents want to make sure that the schools are serving their children mm. as well as possible. Um, when parents get nervous or when parents want to know more or if they get nervous about what's going on, then they rely upon the, their agents, the state, mm-hmm. the government, right. to check in and make sure that everything is going well within those schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so this notion of accountability, it comes back to this notion of trust, right? The parents and the students need to trust that the teachers and the principal have their best interests at heart and are taking well-reasoned professional actions in order to mm-hmm. support those best interests. And these measures, uh, uh, the, the PPO, the QR, are in place to help the people feel more trust and more security and mm-hmm. just better about what's going on in the schools. Um, because perhaps the, the, the parents, you know, sort of, don't know it when they see sure. it, or they don't feel like they know it when they see it, and they want some sort of uh, some sort of expert to w- to weigh in on it. And so that's a, a long-winded way to say that um, I think all of this um, uh, all of this talk about accountability is ultimately there to make sure that, as Faith articulated, the ultimate goal is being served, which is student learning, and then. Everybody can feel like the the schools are doing the the job that they're they're doing. I mean, right now I'm I'm sort of through some 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 various issues like navigating the healthcare system, mm-hmm. and um, I have encountered a person who does not have trust in her healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to help facilitate conversations sure. between patient and provider so that the patient trusts mm-hmm. the provider? and then therefore can engage in the work of the therapeutic course prescribed. Mm-hmm. Um, trust matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if mm-hmm. you don't, and, and, and accountability is a way, or accountability measures, I think, are a way to try to cultivate that trust and make people perhaps yeah. feel trust when it's not there um, or uh, identify trust that they didn't think they had um, along the way. That's long-winded. Enjoy. <laughs> so enjoy. I, I mean, I think... I don't have a lot to add, Brian. That was really helpful because I was sitting here. Give me a few minutes to think, and I didn't get very far with my thinking. Um, I think that's the big question, Matt, and um, I really appreciate what you said, Brian. I'm a parent. I had two children who went through the public school system. Yippee! Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of trust. I had a lot of faith in the schools. I didn't go and ask to read the PPOs necessarily, but I certainly did go online and look at the school reports and 
felt a little bit more trust in my school when I saw that the reports, you know, kind of added up to some of how I felt um, and experienced the school. So I think it's really important to think about the mm -hmm. consumer or the purpose and the reason for schools um, in, in taking some of this accountability into account and step back a little bit from the actual experience of the principal, him or herself, but think about the big picture. So that was really helpful. Yeah, I think another said. another thing that I see as being, I, I mean, I agree with everything that has been said, um, and, and also I think that it prompts um, school leaders to get support. Um, you know, like for me, it's very difficult for me to work without a deadline. So even yeah. even insofar as like somebody mm -hmm. says, "Hey, you can borrow this book," and I say, "Great, when do you need it back?" They mm -hmm. say, "Whenever." I go, oh, "I need it. I need a date because mm -hmm. if yeah. I don't have it, I'm yeah. not. I'm probably not going to give it back." Sure. Um, and so this idea that there's something out there, I'm going to be held accountable. Someone's going to come visit me. I know that it can be looked at as like you know somebody's really looking over it, over the work. Um, in a negative way, but it causes me to say, I need support. I don't know what questions mm -hmm. are they going to ask? Mm -hmm. What's going to go on? Yeah. And I think that that's a very helpful thing. Leaders yeah. need support in what they're doing. It's a really hard and isolating job. Yeah. And it reminds me of language that we use around the office sure. here. And I think um, a lot of people use out in the world, which is um, having an accountability partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the word partner there, I think, is very important because accountability doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean, here's a standard and if you don't hold it, you will right. be punished. But to right. say, like, I have particular goals, I have particular objectives, and I have tools and practices that I think are going to help me achieve them. Is that what's happening? Can you help me as yes. a partner yes. hold myself accountable to this incredible standard and this incredible responsibility that I have? And to the extent that the um, uh, upper admin in the school district and, and the DOE can be accountability partners with the principals and the teachers as opposed to some sort of like enforcer mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's it is, yeah. if it can if it can work well and, and that's a tricky thing to, to yeah. negotiate because the the notion that the hierarchical structure of enforcement that's right. um, often kind of is the default mode and it, and it can be tricky mm. to figure out but if we can get to a partnership rather than yeah. an enforcement wow. sort of paradigm I think Absolutely. Yeah, well, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think... Push back, push back, do it. Do it, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, so what I hear in the answers is not... No one said anything about growth. It was mm. all about holding people accountable, whether it's mm. giving people trust in the state. Well, but, but, yeah, yeah. but no, but it is a difference, right? Well, if you say I'm grading for proficiency mm -hmm. or I'm grading on growth, right? I mean, it's almost mm -hmm. the same kind of difference that we're talking about. And I don't mean to fault anyone, but I think that articulates right the true reason mm -hmm. why we do these things is because taxpayers want assurance for where their dollars are going mm. people want to have this this trust in the state and schools mm. parents want to find schools that have been verified going back mm -hmm. to earlier uh, as a quality school um but but that raises like two thoughts for me one is that going down that rhetoric too quickly um too fast seems to head towards school choice in the sense that we're going to privatize education and who rises to the top remains. I'm not saying that's where anyone's taking the conversation, and I don't think that's where the conversation mm -hmm. is going, but I think that's maybe something to caution. Um, but the second thing that it makes me think about is if that's the impetus for why we're doing this, that could be an explanation for why things look the way they do. Because if it's about growth... There's not necessarily a grade attached to it, is there? There's not necessarily publication to, 
everyone else about this school in comparison to this school. It's this school excels in these three things and this mm-hmm. school excel or needs work in these three things. You don't publish the whole report, right? Because you want to highlight what's being done well and what can be improved. I, maybe mm-hmm. that's a little far-fetched to think about it in that way, but it seems to me that we're focused more on the accountability than the growth. Well, I mean, don't we need to hold people accountable for the growth or lack thereof? Like, isn't that, isn't that what we're, isn't that what this notion of a, like, but, 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 yes, that, but, yeah. but that framework <laughs> yes, but. presupposes that yes. someone doesn't want to necessarily grow on their own, That's right? right? Or, not, or, or someone needs support. No, this is it, where the, the partnership, I think, comes into play. Not that they don't want to grow well, on their own, but that they could use support to grow more, better, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is really complicated, and I think the questions are great. Um, if you're going to grade people, now these are not graded. They used to be grades, mm-hmm. right? You get a letter, mm-hmm. A, B, C, D. Yeah. Now it's developing, yeah. you know, highly effective. So it has moved a little bit away, Matt, from mm-hmm. grading someone to drive their growth or to drive changes, right? right? And also to create accountability. But it still does give you a Heidi rating, which then translates into a number. So it does presuppose, the system does presuppose that people need to be held accountable to some sort of scoring or grading in order to grow instead of, for example, some schools or some places that use progress reports mm-hmm. and then they check in, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think Matt, from my experience, there is some of that supporting progress and growth and there is some of that accountability measure. Just to go back to the beginning, we have to remember that some of the system was first developed under Klein and Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. They also developed the restaurant grading system at the same time. (laughs) Actually, it was the first one. So there is, in its, I I think it's a really good point, Matt, in its origin, there is this idea of accountability and a product that people can feel safe in. However, the work that we do, which I think is very valuable, is that partnering Mm -hmm. to support growth. So I guess I'm I'm just kind of speaking around this issue again, because we don't seem to be able to land on one exact, you know, answer, which there isn't. But I think it is about using and leveraging feedback um, that might come from this evaluation Mm -hmm. process to support growth. I mean, there are next steps given in the PPO, in the PPR. Um, So there is this idea of, and here's what you can do to improve. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think think it's um, in partnership with some of the evaluation um, that where we will see schools become stronger and places where kids can really grow. Um, yeah, it's a big subject. I feel like we could go on. I'll just mm-hmm. pause there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we can go back and forth, but I, but I think <laughs> both sides really have been heard, and while there aren't any concrete solutions, I think there are ideas about at least ways to frame this going forward. Mm-hmm. But since we are getting low on time and people can connect back to the last part of the conversation, are there final thoughts that people have and would like to share? Yeah, I think the the final thought that I had, especially in light of the the, the PPR or the PPO I helped a, a, a principal uh, prepare for earlier this year, is that um, oftentimes the uh, even the principals and the teachers don't um, see well, not that they don't see it, but they don't um, uh, they don't articulate the story of their own hard work and their own excellence because they look at the 
evaluation tools that they get and they look at all the guidelines and as you said they try to fit that story into a certain genre but then there's all sorts of really interesting exciting wonderful stuff happening at schools mm. that when principals and, and teachers get into these um, sort of high stakes conversations with um, observers or evaluators they can sort of forget um, to, to mention some wonderfulness that's happening at the school just just because you're you're the the, the stress of these sorts of moments comes um, so I think the the Preparation is less a rehearsal, and it's more of a, a an opportunity to um, to let schools and principals and teachers think through everything that's going on in the school, the totality of the work that's going on, their successes and challenges, and sort of put that out there as here's what's happening at our school. Um, love to hear your 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 feedback, feedback. for improvement. That's right. Um, that's right. And and. If we approach those uh, evaluations in that way, the same way that teachers can approach evaluations, sure. their Danielson evaluations, yeah. um, at, not as uh, sort of the, the rubric of Damocles hanging over your head, but yeah. an invitation to a conversation, a conversation that's mediated mm-hmm. by these observation tools, mm-hmm. but a conversation about best or promising practices. As well. I, yes. I think yes. that's brilliant. I just want to agree with Brian, and thank you for articulating it so beautifully. <laughs> I think it's making some of the invisible beauty visible mm-hmm. in its mm-hmm. best cases, and it's allowing people to tell their stories because our schools have some of the most incredible untold stories. Um, and I even want to use the word heroism and mm-hmm. love and passion that's happening, and if we can use some of these observations as opportunities to shed some light on those things and help people to articulate their stories and what they're doing, then I think it's a good thing. I think it can be helpful. Yeah, it reminds me, it just makes me think about um, a practice that I um, that I have about understanding I have blind spots mm-hmm. so that um, I might yeah. not be able to see the things, obviously, that I don't see, mm-hmm. whether or not they're strengths or whether or not they're challenges. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think of as being um, valuable in the... In the um, Support from, say, an accountability partner mm-hmm. in, in when you're trying to prepare for, which I would even say is just more um, working through um, articulating, like we've said before, but also that that person can say, but what about this? You do sure. this. Does that count? Yeah, yeah that counts. Definitely. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. good for student learning. So why? So where do we want to put this in your mm-hmm. story? Definitely. Where's the place to put it? So Yeah, important. I mean, I think I have two thoughts and one is just the broader one that we need to think about how to shift the dialogue from accountability to growth and Mm -hmm. value that in standardized testing for students Mm -hmm. and evaluation of teachers um i mean it's always kind of seemed paradoxical to me that schools and students are evaluated on singular numbers or singular evaluations when the whole ideology of schools that people can grow um so i think there needs to be something that happens there, but I think as I'm listening to your guys' well-articulated points, as a teacher for me, someone that may have some pushback to these things, I think it could be really valuable to have a conversation with other teachers, with the administrators in the school, and say, okay, here's what I know I'm held accountable Mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm planning on doing. Here's the overlap. Now, Mr. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Administrator, what are you held accountable for? What are you doing for that? Where are our points of connection? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about them now in the Absolutely. summer. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about them 48 hours before someone's about That's to come right. in. Yeah. And, and try to make this as organic, even though it's not, mm-hmm. 
um, a process as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what you just described there, uh, uh, what school-based, you know, what building leaders and teacher leaders can do to help teachers through this process is to pull back the curtain yeah, and to show them, sure. this yeah, is what, what a quality review is. This is what a principal performance review is. These are the pressures that we as That's school right. leaders are under, the measures we're being mm-hmm. held to. So when you hear that uh, someone is coming in to observe mm-hmm. or when I need that unit plan for the curriculum binder, you know what this is all part mm-hmm. of. Let's all be aware of all of the Absolutely. mechanisms um, that are going on. Because so many times teachers will say I to me, know. I'm so frustrated. The assistant superintendent is coming to my classroom again oh, and gosh. they don't know why. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they may even think that it's about them, that sure. they're doing it wrong. But really the assistant superintendent is coming back into the classroom because the principal wants them to come in there because they sure. want to see the work that that teacher is doing, mm-hmm. yet the teacher feels pressure. So it's, it's the, the as um, uh, Faith said about blind spots, if we have those blind spots, we don't know that they're blind spots, mm-hmm. and then all right. of a sudden there's some we feel some pressure or some that's pain right. coming in a spot that we can't see, mm-hmm. that's when the tension arises. So let's just put all the cards out on the table and to the extent that it's feasible to do that that's because right. it's so much. I just the one thing that I want to add to that because I do like that you built on this point but I think this also demands accountability from the administrator to the teacher to say this is what I'm doing absolutely mm-hmm. and 100%. because this is in part for like me I would like you to do this but I'm going to do this yes right yeah, definitely. like whether mm-hmm. that means observing you more observing you less mm-hmm. like what whatever it is that that works so that the building yeah. is more harmonious mm-hmm. absolutely and it comes back to trust right yeah. that a lot of the principal's job is to transparently communicate and articulate these things um, so that teachers understand and the principal understands and the pressure isn't always pushed onto the teachers, which I think is mm-hmm. um, a really major um, component of being a good school leader, just to get back to that open communication, but also not transferring the pressure onto your mm-hmm. teachers, um, but taking some of it on yourself and then making that transparent about how you're doing it. Transparency Definitely. is a great word. Transparency yeah. is huge, <laughs> I think. Word. And that's learning about what is the PPO and how are we? How are, are the things that we're doing both um, articulated by the PPO and connected to it, and how are they not, as Matt said, and then how does that connect with the QR? So I think transparency and open dialogue and communication create that outer ring of trust that will then support some of these things to happen more organically and without that overnight pressure, right, that someone's coming in. Yeah, and and not to leave out also transparency could also mean, and here's how I'm growing academically. That's right. Here's how I'm growing in these other areas of my life. What about you? What are are you doing? And really bringing growth into the conversation more. Because I was thinking about what you said, Matt, and I thought, I guess I was assuming that we meant growth. But, yeah, I didn't use that. I didn't say Mm -hmm. that. And I didn't articulate it, right? But I was like, well, that's kind of the point. But isn't that interesting? Because we're talking about being able to articulate you know why we're doing this mm-hmm. so maybe that's even part of it to be able to have those those things that don't seem important especially in like really really busy days or really busy PD sessions mm-hmm. about like who are you and how are you growing and like 
all kinds of that's areas. where good PD comes into play, right? Yeah, and good yeah. coaching. Yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to like, subscribe, and review this prod- podcast, and talk about how great I push Brian's buttons. And, uh, <laughs> that's the broadcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the broadcast. Uh, 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 thanks. Right. <laughs> 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 thanks for joining us all. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.